0: Me. Hi, I'm Roisin. Hi, I'm Tara. Welcome to Yannick Boom. The fortnightly podcast hosted by three deadly feminist midwives exploring women's reproductive and sexual health.
1: This is episode three and we're talking about boobs.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Hi. Yes, and thank you for listening to our first episode, first two episodes.
1: Yeah, we've had a really good response. Thanks for everybody sending in questions and queries yeah. and comments. It's been really good. Yep, yeah, really appreciated um, all the feedback and yeah, we're having a great time.
0: How is everyone? Good. Grace. Good. All good. <laughs> All good. <laughs> okay. So.
2: Sorry. Um, so this week we're talking about boobs. Yep. Um, so we um, have a few, I guess, different types of topics to cover from health to feminism. Mm. That's why we're here. Um, so I think will we start with talking about getting our own boobs, do you remember when you got yours?
0: Um I was a late bloomer. They only really emerged uh when I started taking the pill, to be honest. Okay. Yeah.
1: I I definitely thought I didn't have boobs for a really long time. Mhm. Um do
0: you look back now and realize that you did?
1: Yeah, I think maybe I didn't have like they were very pr- like esque boobs for a long time. Do you know what I mean? they were like yeah, like, yeah. So it
2: was kind of puffy. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You know. But is it, was that part of your denial of growing probably. up? <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Santa doesn't come if you have boobs. Oh, <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah, I remember like <clears throat>
2: starting to get boobs when I was around probably nine. Sorry, I just coughed into the mic. Um,
1: That's really young. Yeah. Yeah,
2: we just like not like, not
1: like. Where you Full all,
2: breasts, like, you yeah. know, but just like those really, you know, like... like They're called breast buds,
1: which I always... Breast buds, exactly. Yeah. I like the term puffy nips.
2: Puffy, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they were, like puffy nipples. Yeah, but like whatever I was wearing, like it always felt like you could see my nipples. And I was very kind yeah. of conscious mm. of that. And then like I used to wear those like little crop tops. And then I remember like probably getting a wired brow when I was maybe... Like thirteen or something, which I, I don't know. Is that young? I don't know.
1: Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I remember buying my first bra with my pocket money in Tesco's with mm-hmm. my friend when we were ten or eleven. But I don't I don't think yeah. I needed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I just oh, I mean, it was well, like, you know, obviously the element of wanting w- w- thing to do.
0: <laughs> was it like, like let's a w- go to Tesco w- and buy a bra? <laughs> 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 that's the least glamorous oh, yeah. first, <laughs> first bra <black> story. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: But then my mum more than made up for it when I was like 13 or 14, I think we were on holidays and she brought me in. My first official like bra bra was a wonder bra. Oh,
2: oh wow. wow yes. that's, that's
1: impressive. Yeah. And like she was very much like you go and you get properly fitted. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you have a nice bra and you spend a bit of money on it and they're comfy and they're so that yeah. was good.
2: Yeah, no, I remember going and getting fitted in 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 Mark's. Uh, there are other stores available. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, the same. My mum was like, you need to go and get fitted and you need, you know. Um, but finding it so uncomfortable, the wires, just just being like, I don't understand what they're doing to my body. No. Um, but now, well, actually currently, because I'm still feeding, I'm wearing a non-wired bra. I hate it. Also, the fact that I have to wear twenty four hours a day.
0: <laughs> yeah, is a separate I. Issue.
1: I have a bit of a size difference, so I definitely need like the yeah, wire the support wires, situation. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. and it, I mean, I, I suppose in my reading of this, and I mean, just in general, I mean, we all know that everybody has a size difference. Yeah, and that is normal. Um,
1: up it's to, always up the left to, one, isn't it? Yeah, mine's the well, the smaller one or the, the bigger one? The bigger one. Now, mine's the right. Oh, Whoa! Yeah like to do things a little differently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and
2: up to one cup size difference is normal. Um, Very good. And also just, of course, to say the importance of wearing a properly fitted bra, that you're not, particularly a wired bra, that you don't have wires digging into your breast tissue that can actually Mm. risk damaging your breast tissue over time. Obviously, um, you know, if you put on a little sexy number maybe for a for an erotic photo shoot or or for a nice evening for Um, a burlesque show for a burlesque show that's okay you know but you don't want to be wearing an ill-fitted bra that is digging in all the time you'd actually be better with no bra
1: yeah I mean I think we've all seen women who are wearing bras that are too big or too small and it looks really uncomfortable yeah Um, it's so and then obviously I would assume affects breast health shape tissue
2: over time Absolutely. Um,
0: so, yeah. Um, so, we're going to talk about breast exams.
2: Yeah. So, what I had thought was, you know, um, that I would maybe talk through doing a breast self check. Um, and the aim, obviously, of doing your breast self examination is not that you have to diagnose problems in your own body, but is just that you know what is normal. For you, And if you detect changes, um, then it is important to go and, and get those checked out. Um, so usually we would um, encourage women to do a self-check just once a month is fine. I mean, you don't need to be doing it on the right. I mean, certainly feel them up all you want. But, you know, to be actually doing a detailed Paying check is your best. Yeah. yeah. Um, once a month is fine. A good guide for that, just a way of remembering it, is to do it on the first day of your period. Although if you are somebody who has... Breasts that can be very uncomfortable on the first day of your period, then you know, maybe the second day or or the day that your period ends, even could mm-hmm. be a, another as a little mm-hmm. marker as a little marker. Yeah, yeah just that you'd be I'd doing it on a, on a regular basis. Um. So okay, so how do you do the the breast self check? The shower is a good spot to do it actually, because you're well, you're naked anyway, mostly. Yeah, well, I mean, the, you know, some people maybe never nudes. <laughs> we don't know. We're we're, we're um very inclusive here. Um okay so what you're gonna do so let's say I'll start on the left breast. So I'm gonna take my right hand um, and I'm gonna feel the breast tissue all the way around the breast and underneath as well. Like it is important, you know, we often forget about the underboob mm. Mm. but it is there. So it is important. Have a feel right into all the the fatty tissue and um, and right up into your armpit as well because there can be um extra breast tissue up in your armpits. So to feel in, um, do you feel any lumps? Do you feel any irregularities? Um, Have a look at the skin on your breast um, and the skin on your nipple. So do you feel any lumps, big or small? Is there any sudden puckering of the skin? Does your skin suddenly look like an orange peel? Um, Or are there any any changes in the nipple? Like has the nipple moved position? You know, Mm. was it always... At four o'clock and now all of a sudden it's at six. And why is that? Um, And equally, if there's any discharge from the nipple. Um, So, yeah, so it's really important to have a check. And if you have any concerns, go to your GP um, and go to your GP as soon as possible. They will repeat the examination and you can be guaranteed your GP has seen many, many, many pairs of breasts. Probably even that day has seen many, many, many pairs pairs of breasts um you know so it's not something to be embarrassed by um you know the G- the GPs they really they
1: really see it all i would um, imagine they'd prefer people to come to them and say i think i felt something weird or seen something weird can absolutely. you double check it for me then yeah. for women to be sitting at home worrying about something in their breasts and absolutely. not do that actually yeah. and um,
2: i got in contact with a friend of mine who's a gp and she sent me actually the criteria for women um, so if you present to the GP with a problem, if they examine the breast, they feel that there's there is something there as well, then they will refer you. So women who are over 35, if they have a discrete breast or axillary lump um, or if they have ulceration, skin distortion, um, nipple eczema or recent nipple retraction. So that's actually sometimes if the nipple can literally pull in, pulls in okay. to the breast um, or patients with an acute abscess and um, they will be seen within two weeks. This is oh, in, the public, really in the public system, yeah. So it's not, you know, you don't need to be worrying about going to your GP and, oh, I don't have health insurance mm-hmm. and, you know, is it going to cost me hundreds I have really to see a consultant? Know. You know, it is in the public um, the public system. And then, so that is an urgent referral. So an early referral um, would be somebody that has inflammation that persists after an antibiotic, um, persistently um, refilling cysts, um, discharge, um from one side, um, pain, a discrete lump in a woman under 35 years old um, or um, asymmetrical nodularity that persists um, after menstruation. So yeah, in the days leading up to your period, your your breast may become um, feel a little bit swollen, a little bit tender, um, but that should obviously settle down. So mm-hmm. if that hasn't settled down, it is a reason to see the GP. Those women are seen in six weeks. Okay. Within six weeks, and she said that the, the the vast majority, like they really do stick to their stick to their targets, yeah, um, and really and in the bigger centres, you know, in the larger hospitals that have a breast clinic, they come in way under those targets. So the two weekly ones are often seen within ten days. Okay, you know they're really um, they're really good. They're really honest. It. It's it's such a an important topic. Um, and then the other, then the kind of routine um, referrals are women who persist uh, repeatedly with breast pain um, or, or uh, kind of a persistent um, discharge. Um, and the, the biggest thing that she said to me, you have to stress, is that 80% of the time when these things are investigated, they are not breast cancer. Mm-hmm. You know we do this self check as a to see are there markers for breast cancer there, but the vast majority of the time it is not cancer, and therefore you are better to go have it checked have, absolutely you know yeah. have it ruled out and then you you know you can you can relax again and you know maybe it is something that you've got a cyst in the breast and you need an antibiotic for, and it clears it up mm-hmm. you know so um because I know people can. They can panic um, and think, I'm not going to say anything now. I'm not going to do anything, mm.
0: you know. Um, People can be really embarrassed as well. And absolutely. just not wanting to, you know, maybe have someone else see their breasts or touch their breasts. Yeah. You know.
1: I mean, I know from personal experience when I was a little bit younger, I I, I was saying earlier, I have one breast that's bigger And that breast tissue is slightly denser. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the shower one day and being like, oh, this feels really lumpy. So I was worried, but I was like, I don't know what to do about it kind of thing. little bit of panic. (coughs) Excuse me and I was living with my friend who was a nurse at the time so I was more comfortable kind of saying to her will you feel this does this not mm. f- feel normal to you does it feel different to my other breast mm-hmm. um and she was like yeah it actually does feel quite dense I think you should go to the GP and it was kind of just that like okay it's not in my head I am feeling something a little bit different here yeah I should do something about it almost that like permission to not be embarrassed and yeah. say, yeah. OK, this, it's here and I can go. And, and it was all fine. It's just because it's a bigger breast. There's more breast tissue there. It feels a little bit denser. Yeah. So like there's lots of things like that where maybe you have a sister or a friend, a mum, a partner. who you might be like, does that feel different to you? Yeah. And then they'll kind of support you to go to your GP for more investigations.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um. And then I just looked into um the, the state run breast check programme. So women who are um, aged fifty to sixty-seven are called are offered an appointment uh, for free every two years to go and have a mammogram. So a mammogram is an X-ray of the breast, um, and then this helps with early detection. And countries where free mammograms are offered, they are seen to lower the numbers of deaths of women who experience breast cancer. Um, approximately nearly two thousand five hundred women are diagnosed with breast cancer in Ireland each year. So it's, okay. a, it's a significant, yeah. it's a significant number. Um, and then let me see, in Ireland, over 70% of breast cancer occur in women over 50 years of age. So that is why the programme is is running out for the, the women of that age. Um, by 2021, the age will have been increased to 69. So it, over the next couple of years, they are increasing the age of women uh, for examination. Um, which is great. And it occurs less frequently in women under forty years. In women who have not reached the menopause, the breast tissue is usually dense, and therefore it's more difficult to do a mammogram. They have to kind of squash the breast. post-menopausal, the breast tissue just becomes very fatty. You know, it's not there's no kind of active uh, breast uh, tissue in there. Um, so yeah, um, and then it obviously says on the, information, the breast check and we'll share the website in the show notes, um, just to always see your GP. Um and the biggest thing as well is that even if a woman is having her mammogram and the mammogram has come back clear, if she then, two weeks later even, feels that there is a breast change, it is still important to go to the GP and get checked yeah. out. Mm. Um, you know, the mammogram is a screening tool. It is not a diagnostic tool, much like the the smear
0: test. Yeah.
2: yeah. So even if you have a clear cervical smear and you are worried you know you should always represent and it only captures a
1: moment in time like your mammogram is clear on that day it doesn't give you an all clear for two weeks time yeah
2: yeah yeah not to say that it's not a trustworthy test but yes if you see changes then absolutely go and go and follow them up no matter no matter when um no matter when it is um so yeah so that is the breast check and there's a really great um kind of a, an infographic or a picture called Know Your Lemons. And um, so we will mm-hmm. we'll share that uh, today on the day of release of the podcast as well.
0: Perfect. So, yep. Thank you. So did either of you celebrate Free the Nipple Day on March 26th? No, I didn't know it was Free the Nipple did Day. Did you? Every day is Free well, the Nipple yeah. Day In for my you, Tara. house, every day is
2: Free the Nipple Day. I always have my breasts out at home. And in public at the moment as I'm still (laughs) breastfeeding my baby. Um, So, yeah, every day is Free the Nipple Day in my house. I believe every day should be Free the Nipple Day. There shouldn't be an allotted day for freeing the nipple. The nipple should just be free. The nipple should be free at all times. Um, So uh, we looked into what is Free the Nipple. Um, So Free the Nipple was a movement inspired by a 2012 film of the same name. And um, a, which followed a woman called Lena Esco and a group of her um, female friends attempting to shed light on the issue that all human beings should be treated as equal. So why can our producer Steve put a topless picture up on Instagram, but we <laughs> but we can't? But we can't. Yeah. Hashtag a free the nipple. Dollar,
0: million dollar question. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and I suppose
0: it's just, I mean, it's, you know, acceptable breasts versus... Unacceptable breasts. Yeah. Um. And I know Instagram. You are allowed to show pictures of your breasts if you're breastfeeding. You're allowed to show mastectomy scars as well. Mm -hmm. Um. And then I think you can if it's an art. If they've kind of classed it as an artistic Mm. piece. But as a just a general rule, you cannot post a picture of yourself.
2: Yeah, I have a feeling that maybe the nipples still have to be covered. If even if
1: it's. Like artistic. that kind of weird, blurred out kind yeah. of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's a photographer that I follow on Facebook and Instagram called Jade Beall. And she does a lot of kind of female empowerment photography, breast photography, birth photography. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of her stuff is still like with the nipple kind of fuzzed away. With a little love with heart a, emoji. Yeah. yeah. Or a pixel. A little and like pixelated. she, like if you follow her... Like you'll see repeatedly, she'll put up pictures that are very normal, artistic, beautiful Mm. photographs of women, maybe just topless women or breastfeeding women. Or sometimes she does lovely series of women with their mothers and their children, Mm -hmm. but they're all topless. Okay, And it's just about that kind of like mothery, goddessy kind of connection thing. And she gets taken down from Facebook and Instagram quite a bit for posting Mm, graphic imagery. Yeah, it's shocking,
2: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is, I think. Um, and then there's like, obviously, accept. there's layers of acceptability as well. Like, there's supermodels in their oh, yeah. bikinis or whatever they're mm. doing that are never taken down off of yeah. Instagram or Facebook. But women who are just...
2: The normal bodies. Yeah. Yeah, are... Removed all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although actually on that, not entirely related to what we're talking about today, but you know the birth photography is now
1: permitted. Yeah, on but it does that whole sense to sensitive, sensitive, it does. Image sensitive thing. content. Yeah, it's sensitive content. So the first yeah. image
0: is blurred, but then when you scroll, you can see you
1: can see
2: birth pictures and videos. Yeah, which is which is great. It's a step in it's the right direction. It's a step in the right di- direction.
1: Yeah. I was looking at one came up my feed the other day and I was thinking I wish there was a thing that would just ask me if I always want yes. to see to it yes. images like this because I do so like yes. not in a weird way but yeah yeah, I, that you, yeah, th- I think it should always be there yeah. for
0: people to yeah, see yeah that like, you can opt in or opt out real bodies and
1: real life events and
0: female on male nipples and yeah. the whole nine yeah absolutely. the Impaired Birth Project Um, the woman who started that was kind yeah. of she was it's the gorgeous. main she was the main driving force behind yeah. Instagram changing their policy. Mm. The online petition got tens and th- of thousands of signatures. It did, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It was great. That page is beautiful. We will it's link. It's really that. beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
0: If you like birth photography, which, which we, we do. all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think yeah, we I can definitely see. I don't know about you, um, both. I can see the impact of it, like as a mm-hmm. midwife. Mm-hmm when you're looking after women who are very... Like, obviously, everyone has an entitlement to be as shy or not about their own body. Mm -hmm. But I think it's... I find it sad at times when women are so insistent on covering themselves breastfeeding or covering like pulling the curtains around mm. the bed if they're breastfeeding in case another person god forbid saw their nipple yes i find it really sad
2: yeah yeah and equally it's not that we don't want to preserve the women's dignity it's no very absolutely much not choice, yeah i just
1: think you shouldn't feel like you have to be hidden away yeah in order yeah. to mm. participate in something that you've actively chosen to do yeah as a really positive thing, hopefully in your life, as breastfeeding or whatever, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And like stemming from kind of free the nipple, there's a lot of lactivism. So breastfeeding activism Mm -hmm. where um, women have, well, breastfeeding people have had kind of breastfeeding events in public. So they'll go to like public parks or a cafe that maybe a woman has had a bad experience in and been told to put her nipples away they'll go and have like a breastfeeding session, which is really cool. It's amazing. I know. I think it's so amazing. Yeah. I would love to
2: go to something like that. And I know here in Ireland, if, say, for example, if I'm sitting in a cafe and somebody comes up to me and says, I think that you shouldn't do that here, that I am legally entitled to say to the owner of that cafe or the staff in that cafe, I want you to remove that person. Yeah. Yeah. you know, because you are entitled to breastfeed wherever you want, you know, and that they are the person who should leave. Yeah. They are the person who has the it's problem. It's such a it's hard not thing you. to
1: be the person who's been shamed, though, it's and then feel fun. like you have the
0: bravery to go up and say, "Yes,
1: remove that person. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. I'd be, I would find it so, scary. It's so, yeah.
0: such an upsetting experience. experience and you just would feel so enraged yeah. and, I don't know, so many emotions. Like, you're just trying to feed your your Maybe. baby
2: is just having their lunch same as you are
0: you're on a lot of um, groups Tara with you have lots of mother friends I do and have do you have any like? does anyone have any experiences like that have you heard like I I don't personally don't know anyone who's been told to stop
2: I don't personally feeding. know anyone either but when my first daughter was 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 young I was on a quite a large group and there was a woman who was in A cafe in a shopping centre in um, a nice part of town, uh, sitting in the corner, very discreetly, minding her own business. And somebody came up to her, an older female came up to her and put a bottle of formula on the table in front of her and said, what do you think you're doing? Oh my god! Yeah, she said you're disgusting. You shouldn't do that here. The woman was <laughs> so traumatized. Outrageous. Yeah, and then that and then that that lady just wa- walked off. Then. That was it. She was gone. You know, so that woman was absolutely traumatized. She didn't want to go back there ever again. And equally, that that woman had left. You know, there was nothing that she could do. Mm. And you know, and she was so, um, yeah, she was traumatized. She didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, so She go awful. out and feed in public again, and she didn't know what to do. And yeah, she just. Um, but no, thankfully. I have never had any negative experiences. And if I see somebody breastfeeding in public, I always try and kind of, you know, smile at them and sort yeah, of say, I oh, you
0: encouraging. Well. you're yeah, doing yeah, a great yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but um, I guess this is something that we'll get into even deeper when we're doing our infant feeding episode. Yeah, yes,
1: um, and,
2: I, and if anyone could send us stories, positive or negative stories, that would be amazing. We would love that. Um, okay. Not that we would love your negative stories, but you know what I mean? We, we, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah we to need hear. to break
1: down those things and see what's, yes. what's happening and where it's going wrong and how we can kind of work around it and make things better for yeah. breastfeeding mums.
2: Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes there are places that have a sticker in the window, breastfeeding welcomed here. And for me, that's a double edged sword. Breastfeeding yeah, really should be welcomed everywhere. I really don't know everywhere.
0: how I feel about I don't it. know how I feel. And especially because yeah. the picture was taken in the early 90s. Are yeah. we talking about the... <laughs>
1: You, we, there are yeah. just stickers there are that stickers. are like HSE sponsored okay. stickers, I think, that yeah. say like breastfeeding friendly establishment or something like that. I did um, a project in my master's about the sexualization of breastfeeding and looked a little bit into like lactivism and kind of the acceptability of breastfeeding in social spaces. And I kind of tended to fall with looking at the research and that on not being for breastfeeding friendly mm-hmm. kind of paraphernalia or these kind of breastfeeding pods that they have now in train stations and airports, because I think that's saying women are doing something that doesn't belong in our yeah. shared social it's space. secretive and it needs and to be, hidden, needs to be away. hidden away. Now, there are some women who, regardless of how acceptable breastfeeding would be in a public space, would still want privacy. And that's then you have to say, we have to create safe social spaces for those women as well. So it is a double-edged sword. I just think, like I, um, it was really convenient actually when I was doing the project. I had gone on holidays to New York um, for my husband's 30th and we came off the plane in New York and literally right outside the gate was this pod for (laughs) breastfeeding. It's like this standalone unit. And um, I went in and it was just so clinical and I found it so kind of, Medicalizing and this sort of like we need to shut you away and keep things clean and it was all white and the seats were plastic and I was just like this is not somewhere where anyone would want to breastfeed yeah so it was really interesting I think Um, I suppose you can say there's no harm in having breastfeeding friendly identification on your business
0: or Mm. wherever yeah Um, but I don't think we should have to have it
2: yeah uh, yeah, I think that's true. Do you remember
0: it. um I won't name the website, but it's a website that loves to make lists of mm-hmm. top ten places to do this, top ten places to do that. And they had one that was um top ten places where you can breastfeed your baby. And it was just met with this massive backlash because it's like, you know,
1: all of you the can places? breastfeed
0: your baby everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like a well meaning. Didn't someone make like a kind of
1: uh, response to that like a list top 10 places you can breastfeed your baby and it was like one everywhere two everywhere <laughs> three, three <laughs> everywhere
2: that's the best thing about breastfeeding you know you can just do it wherever you want everywhere yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely Um, but yeah I'm I actually I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing people's stories and yeah it'll be know, great to go yes, more, stories into more in depth our, on our feeding episode absolutely yeah yeah, yeah stay tuned Um, so I looked into a little bit about uh, breast augmentation because, I mean, when we talk about acceptability of breasts, Mm. we think about... All breasts. Yes. Um, but you know, when we think about breasts in the media, um, and we think about, I know my husband had a poster of Pamela Anderson on his, uh, wall, uh, growing up and, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: she's you know she's she's an animal activist these days Yeah, you know I think I had one as well it came free with Big Magazine
2: oh Big Magazine I just really
0: liked Baywatch (laughs) I've been watching it recently
2: it hasn't aged well
1: no I was watching that episode of Friends the other day actually where they like Chandler and Joey are so excited about the women of Baywatch running around with their breast implants bouncing all (laughs) over the place and I was like
0: oh this is so gross this is awful Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah. not the breast implants I should say the just portrayal of men perving on them yeah. <laughs> on mainstream television um, so what did you find out about breast so, augmentation? So
2: um, for um, cosmetic purposes entirely the HSE uh, does not fund breast augmentation now for reconstructive purposes yes they do you know so whether that's somebody um, post a mastectomy or perhaps an injury that has involved, yeah, you know, losing part of their breasts. Yeah, right. they, they will um, fund it for that. Although, now I will say with a caveat, I'm not 100% sure on reduction, breast reduction, if they do fund it or not. Okay. If anyone wants to inform us on that, I would really appreciate it. Um, but I couldn't find any kind of clear cut I suppose, do you know what? I suppose everybody is so different. Um, yeah. And each, you know, each case is individual. Um, but in terms of breast implants, they can be made of two different things. So they can be either a silicone shell with a saline filling inside. So just salty water inside, sterile water. Um, and those are put into the breast and then filled when they're in. So it kind of depends oh, okay. on, okay. you know, the I yeah. I um, So they can adjust the size. Um, when As they're... When they're in situ, okay. yeah, well, no, now, not by the woman, but just during the surgery, but yeah, they can see they can see what fits, um, or you can have a silicone shell with silicone feeling inside the difference being that silicone is a thicker liquid and can feel like a more natural breast, whereas I think this the saline gives a kind of a looser sort of a feel, so okay. maybe you know, um, if you want your breasts to. Kind of hang, then the saline ones might be a little bit better. Or if you want, you know, the kind of perkier up under your chin, uh, <laughs> you know.
0: Um, I want them like a scarf,
2: like a scarf. Oh, like kind of, yeah. You know what? You breastfeed two babies, you get breasts like a scarf, okay? <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, so you know, if you want the kind of perkier appearance, then maybe the silicone is is better. The majority of cases now the the implant is put in at the side of the breast or underneath. So it's actually just sort of pushed in underneath the the breast tissue and then it is closed. So a lot of women who are thinking about feeding, they can they can often feed.
0: So you can feed can you feed with both types of breast implants? Or yeah. is there yeah. Okay.
2: yeah Yeah, it's it's more just down to how they're put in. Um up to a few years ago, and I, I think it is still happening in some places, uh, they would remove the nipple and put the implant in the front of the breast. So that, you know, if the if the nipple is removed, the implant is put in and the, and the nipple is put on top of the implant. Well, you're not going to be able to feed like that, you know, so it's, yeah, okay. it's more challenging. Um, and then a breast reduction. So a breast reduction involves removal of skin and fatty tissues. Um, and there's a number of ways of doing it. I found a study a um a systematic review of studies of women um post-breast reduction, and in the study there was 31 different ways of performing a breast reduction. So there's no kind of set way of, of doing it. Okay. Um but it um used to involve for a lot of cases, it used to involve removing the nipple, um s- suctioning out the Fatty tissue, removing some oh okay. skin, and then sewing everything back together, repositioning the nipple in a in a in a more suitable place. Um, but now, as time has gone on, there is more of an um, um, an importance put on the ability to breastfeed post. Um, Post the breast reduction, particularly if these are done on young women, different, obviously, if you if you finished your finished yeah. your family, if yeah. you finished feeding. But um, so what they're doing now is a lot of them leaving the central column of tissue intact, leaving the nipple on and then performing the reduction around. around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as with anything for any woman, regardless of um, whether you've had surgery in your breast or not, it's impossible to know. About how well you will establish a full supply mm-hmm. until you've had your baby. Okay. Um. But for any woman who's had breast surgery, whether it's um, breast augmentation or if you've had maybe cyst removed from the breast or or anything like that, I would always say link in with a lactation consultant. Um, early, yeah. Early during your pregnancy, make a plan. Have a follow up there that you can, um, you know, that you can follow up with them. That you have a plan in place. Don't leave it you know, to the last minute till after your baby is born. Um, I was chatting to a lactation consultant about this, just asking her who, had she supported any women? So she said one woman in particular that she supported post a reduction was not able to establish a full supply, but she did um, feed with the aid of a, a supplementary system. So that's okay. like a bottle that you hang around the neck.
0: Yeah, yeah, it has yeah, I've a little that tube. Before, yeah, and you, yeah. you tape it onto They're the really breast.
2: They're really cool. Yeah, and then so the baby is getting all of its feeds from the nipple, but it may not be all coming like from a, the breast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, so yeah, and those those supplementary systems they work well. You know, just um, I suppose we'll just throw in other reasons to link in with a lactation consultant if you have concerns about your nipples, if you have inverted nipples, and you yeah. want to see you know what methods you can use to to bring them out before your baby. Um,
1: yeah, I would say like comes. be willing to get to know your breasts before if you're going to be choosing to breastfeed. Get to know the um, girls, so that you can kind of link with a lactation consultant or even just say to your midwife at your routine antenatal checks that you're worried about being able to breastfeed because of X, Y, and Z, and yeah. uh, they will hopefully refer you on accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: great. Great. So. Um,
1: does Amy. that lead us on to our
0: feminist of the fortnight? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I hope I'm pronouncing this her name properly. Um, so her name is Chidera Eguru, and she is uh, a writer. Um, she started a blog, a fashion blog called the Slum Flower Blog, um, which was basically in response, you know, to what she felt was kind of fashion that didn't really you know, that wasn't really for her. A lot of kind of white women um, and she just felt she couldn't really relate to anything. So she started something basically for black women Mm -hmm. um, for them to have someone to, you know, as basically like someone someone for other people's style to admire. Does that sentence make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) she was posting stuff on her blog about her fashion choices. Basically, yeah. So that other people could access...
0: Yeah, so people could see another person. information of
1: a certain body type or a certain ethnicity. or
0: Exactly. So basically that there was another kind of person there to look at. And so when she was younger, she really, really wanted to have breast augmentation because she really didn't like her breasts. And it was something she thought about a lot. And then basically decided that she was just going to fly free. She stopped wearing a bra and she was posting a lot of pictures of herself. So her breasts would be kind of as she would describe, saggy. Mm-hmm. And with that then came the hashtag uh, Saggy Boobs Matter. So um Great it's hashtag. amazing. Yeah, if you go on, it's really good on Instagram. So it's basically just women who are like not wearing bras, whose breasts are, you know, either asymmetrical, different sizes, like really big boobs, really small boobs. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. Yeah, so you kind of follow that and you just see basically real breasts, you know. It's brilliant. Deadly. Yes, yeah. not just too little perky. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot more scarve. Scarf, scarf, breasts.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's great. Um, great to see everybody represented. Mm. Um, brilliant, great. I think that's yeah. That's I don't us. think we got any Anne um, Fanny questions on breasts uh, for this time, did we? I don't think so. No,
0: I don't think so. Which is which no. is okay. Oh well, I think actually there was a comment. Um, Someone wanted us to talk about. Well, someone was just mentioning um, about basically how varying the sizes can be. Yeah. Um, I know we were talking about you know one shop in particular. Obviously, is basically just for people who have like you know quite small itty bitties. Itty bitties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, I think um. I Suppose one of the bigger lingerie lines, can we say? I, I can say it. They're, they're the, one that's very controversial, the one, that's, the one that's closing all of its stores,
1: is <laughs> it? the
2: one that's not um inclusive, that doesn't, yes. yes. Can we say, can we say names, Steve? What do you think? Play the fifth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Victoria's Secret, Victoria's Secret, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. It's
1: been a lot in the media, I it think. Has, it you has, you know, we'll say that everything is open to interpretation. We're yep. not making any accusations here. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. Yeah. Um um it's closing down a lot of its branches, I believe, globally okay. because of declining sales. And there's a lot of people saying that that's got to do with its lack of inclusivity and mm-hmm. um how expensive it is in <laughs> ability or in unwillingness, I would say, to, cut, to cater to women of all sizes and shapes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have bought a couple of bras there in the past myself. But over time, over the last couple of years, as I've learned more about them, I I, I don't I don't go there anymore. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not a massive fan of their kind of typical body aesthetic that they would yeah. put down their runway, mm. personally. Um, But there are women who live in bodies like that. So that's, yeah, it's. Yeah, that's it. It would be nice, I think, to be able to go and buy lingerie Mm -hmm. for all women in their shop
2: yeah yeah yeah. but I think um, you know when you're talking about like hashtags like saggy boobs matter like Instagram uh, for all of its faults is a great place for finding body positive people people with normal bodies people with different shapes
0: definitely of breasts Mm,
2: um, and even things like I have found um, you know women who will make um bras you know um handmade bras like to measure you know finding things like that and that are great and so they will make bras whether you have tiny breasts large breasts one breast whether you um need a bra you know to help you identify in your gender um you know appropriately or make you feel more comfortable um so i think that it's great for things like that that you know um the world is at your fingertips, you know, on on things like that. And while, like, yes, that can be dangerous sometimes, but it can be nice for finding finding people like that. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's great. Um, but yeah, I think that was a great choice of feminist of the fortnight. She sounds sounds amazing. Mm, she's really good. Yeah, great. So I, I think, think we're we're nearly ready to barely. wrap to wrap up. Yeah. Um. Just to say, um please find us on Instagram. We are at Boom Yonic, and um, you can email us yonicboompodcast at gmail.com and um, yeah, thank you for listening and thank you to uh, Steve for producing from Denmark Studios.
0: Bye. 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 Thank you.
1: While we are medical professionals and we love answering your questions, this pod should never be used in place of a real-life consultation with a midwife or doctor. If you have a serious concern about your health or a medical emergency, please go to your GP or to a hospital.